Welcome in BetMGM tonight. PJ Glasser and Sean Levine here with you on a fantastic Friday. Two hours in the books, two hours still to go. We're with you until 11 o'clock Eastern time. Just a reminder, thanks to our friends at BetMGM. BetMGM players will receive a bonus bet to use on any sport. Bonus bets will be given to players on Wednesdays and Saturdays upon logging into their account. How you get this offer is just three easy steps. You log into BetMGM Sportsbook app or website. After logging, you will automatically receive a bonus bet, and a bonus bet can be used on any sports wager. So thanks to our friends at BetMGM. That is Sean Levine. I am PJ Glass. Appreciate you guys tuning in on a Friday. Some updates around Major League Baseball right now. White Sox 11-3 over the Tigers. The Rays are up 7-2 on the Dodgers. Texas Rangers 10 to 1 on the Orioles, Padres 4 to 1 on the Yankees, Guardians 4-2 on the Cardinals, Phillies 4-3 on the Braves, Nats up 1 nothing on the Royals, Giants 7 to 1 over the Brewers, Blue Jays 3 nothing over the Twins and the Mets are up 2 nothing right now on the Colorado Rockies. So that is what we got going right now. Time to talk some NFL though. ESPN Bill Barnwell came out with a very interesting article basically ranking teams from bottom to top 32 to one. He hasn't released the top 16 teams yet, but he has released 32 through 17 of how he ranks how teams improved or did not improve their teams this off season coming in at dead last as the team that bill Barnwell thought would did not improve at all was the Tennessee Titans. Right now, the Titans, to make the playoffs, are plus 200. To miss the playoffs, they are minus 250. Their over-under for wins are 7.5. We know the Titans have one of the best coaches in the sport in Vrabel, but they also have a very not-so-good roster. Their offense is lacking weapons. Derrick Henry is not getting any younger. But they also play in the worst division in the NFL. Outside of Jacksonville, it's really a toss-up for who the second-best team in that division is. A lot of people think it is the Titans, but maybe the Colts surprise or maybe the Texans surprise. Where are you on the Tennessee Titans, Sean? Because this team really, even when they got that number one seed, they really don't have very many stars outside of Derrick Henry, but they're just very well coached. You hear the term so many times in football about like identity, and teams sometimes struggle to find what their identity is. Tennessee Titans, when they're right, you have no no questions asked about what their identity is. They want to run the football and play defense. Where are you on the Titans heading into this season? I definitely think Mike Vrabel is one of the top five, maybe seven coaches in the entire okay. NFL. I mean, being able to take the, the roster that he had and have the number one seed a couple of times in Tennessee is remarkable, right? Especially, like, you look overall. Like, honestly, if you start to look at – Ryan, the combination that he had with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, it was pretty much a mixed match of a bunch of other dudes, and they're going out there and winning 12 and 13 games consistently. Dropped off a little bit last year, but also, PJ, I think we know they're the benefit of not the best division, right? Jacksonville's just now coming around. Houston's been bad now for a while, and Indianapolis is always Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So, look, I think that Tennessee is definitely, if, if they were a stock, they're heading down, but I think they were pretty high to begin with. So if you ask me to tell you how many games they win next year, I'll say they still win seven games next year. 
Yeah, and that's why that win total is 7.5. It's minus 105 to the over, minus 115 to the under. It feels about right, but Frabel's just such a good coach. They're so good as underdogs year after year. They did get Will Levis, a quarterback, to try and come into the mix with Tannehill and Malik Willis. Again, Derrick Henry, we'll see what happens with him. They lost Robert Woods. They really just haven't been able to recover at receivers since letting go of A.J. Brown. Their defensive line's good. Their secondary, though, is banged up and definitely not very good. The the Titans are going to be an interesting team, though. I really don't have any thoughts on them. I will say, as a Chiefs fan, though, and I'm sure you can attest to this, if there's one coach, if there's one defensive mind that seems to give Mahomes maybe the most fits, it's Tennessee, man. Like, that Sunday night football game was just a clinic. Tennessee was undermanned. That game went to overtime. Mahomes, I think, threw like 50-some on passes, and he... Vrabel and that defense made the Chiefs work for every yard that they have. I know they met in the AFC title game, and Mahomes and the offense were able to get going after that first quarter, but it just seems like Vrabel is is one of the few guys that really can master up good game plans against really some of the top quarterbacks. I know he always gives Lamar Jackson fits, too. Well, I happen to have my crystal ball here in front of me. Let me see what I see in this thing. I see Mike Vrabel being the next head coach in a couple of years of the New England Patriots, right? Because at some point, how old is Bill Belichick? Google it for me how I talk. My guess is he's like 72, right? I was going to say 72. Yeah, let's see. And I think he's – Pete Carroll's the oldest coach in the NFL. I know that. Bill Belichick's the second oldest. So whatever about the 71 means that and he's only got a Carroll couple of years. Are both are both 71. So he doesn't have long, whatever that means. And in Tennessee, ultimately, he's not going to keep winning like he has the last couple of years. That's probably going to go pretty old pretty quick. And that seems like a really good place for him to go, right? Like, he's not that old, talking about Mike Vrabel. He's already had success in the league, and he's had success in the second smallest market in the entire NFL. Put him out there in Boston. Put him out there in New England where all of a sudden he's able to get some players, right? He's able to get a coaching staff around him. That seems like a type of fit where, yeah, as you mentioned, as a Chiefs fan, he is one of the good young coaches in the NFL that scares me. Him and then Zach Taylor, honestly. I mean, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's his quarterback or maybe it's his I think it is. the entire <laughs> roster. But as a Chiefs fan, there's really only one team that actually worries me, if I'm being dead honest with you. And it's the Bengals only because I've seen it. I've seen Kansas City go in the regular season and take a two-touchdown lead in Cincy and lose. I've seen Kansas City in the regular season here at Arrowhead lose. I've seen Kansas City in an AFC championship game at the crib at Arrowhead lose to that team. Now, they did beat them last year, so maybe they got a little bit of that back. But I'm not saying Kansas City's not the better team or can't beat them or Mahomes isn't the better quarterback because all those things are true. But if there is one team, and the entire, even more so than the Eagles, as a Chiefs fan, that I could tell you actually worries me. It's the Bengals. Yeah, and I think as, and I'm not a Chiefs fan, but from your perspective, I would probably agree with you that it has to be them. Coming in at number 31 was the Los Angeles Rams, and I don't think this is much a surprise because look, we know that they are strapped with money because they paid all their stars, and they don't have any draft capital because they went all in so really no surprise there for them to miss the playoffs is minus 275 the over under on their win total is six and a half I kind of like the under on the Rams win total Sean I think they're going to be really really bad so you know we'll see what happens with Stafford man but that is a team they are just one injury away from being horrible 
And they knew that was going to be the case, as you point out. They went all in yeah. a couple of years ago. They paid this guy. They paid that guy. They got guys in the middle of the season. You know, they rented players and Odo Beckham and stuff of Hodden Miller. So they knew that was going to be the case. Although I also tend to think, and I don't think it's going to be a popular take, I think Sean McVay's overrated. That's not to say he isn't a good football coach. He is a good football coach. But people talk about him like he's this offensive genius. Like, look, they had a bunch of talent a couple of different times on that side of the ball. And yes, he did take them to and win a Super Bowl. That's very impressive. But what has he done with less talent? To me, that's what tells you the, the mark of a really good coach. Yeah, I'm impressed if you take a really talented roster and win the championship. But what do you do with an okay roster? Can you take them to the playoffs? Can you take them deep? And we saw him with an okay roster last year, and they sucked. And they're going to have yeah. an okay roster this season coming up, and I bet they suck again. So if he's this great offensive genius, young savant coach that he's talked about, go out there and win nine games with this team, and then I'll say something different. Completely agree with you. And I don't even think he's the best offensive mind in his own division. I don't think people right? would really disagree with that. I mean, Shanahan absolutely owns him. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm down on the Rams. Las Vegas comes in at number 30. The big acquisition that they made, obviously, was getting Jimmy G at quarterback. Now they lose Darren Waller, and all this stuff is coming in with Devontae Adams and some comments that he's making, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But the, Ra the Raiders to miss the playoffs are minus 450. And obviously, with the AFC being it, what it is and be, the Chargers and the Chiefs being in their division, you understand why the numbers are what they are. And their win total is seven and a half. As a Chiefs fan, you know the Raiders better than most. You get to see them twice a year, play your team. And the Raiders tend to play the Chiefs pretty tough year after year, especially in Arrowhead. But, like, what is it just as simple as, like, the Raiders just need to be better on defensively? Like, is the offense good enough? and they just completely need to revamp their defense? Or do you think that they have some issues offensively too? All over the place. I mean, yeah, they bring in Garoppolo, then they take the bread right out of Jimmy's mouth when they get rid of Darren Waller. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? What's your plan here, especially in this division? We talk about how bad Arizona is as far as an organization and what their plan is and what their quarterback situation is. The Raiders aren't really – too much further ahead of the curve. Like, everything is pretty bad when it comes to them. And on top of that, as you mentioned, we have to assume Russell Wilson's going to be a little bit better than he was last year. That was a train wreck. Justin Herbert's a top five best quarterback in the league already by the numbers. And then there's this guy named Patrick Mahomes that's also in the division. So it's more about the other teams they have to deal with. Oakland, by the numbers, has, I think, the sixth or seventh most tough, difficult schedule to deal with, which makes sense since you have to play those teams. So... Yeah, I'm under everything on the Raiders. Seven and a half looks too high to me. I think they win five or six. Yeah, I'm 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 with you there. I'm not big on the Raiders this year. This one was surprising at twenty nine to see the New York Giants this low. For them to make the playoffs again this year, plus one forty, for them to miss minus one sixty five, over under eight and a half for the G men. If you like the over, it's plus one twenty. They re signed Daniel Jones, they bring back Saquon Barkley, they add Darren Waller. You know, they didn't really do anything to revamp the receiver position, and maybe that's why they're as low as they are. They did get Jalen Hyatt from the Tennessee Volunteers in the draft. Defensively, didn't really make too many splashes, but I am surprised they are this low. Because, again, they, they didn't really lose anybody of, like, big importance, and they did add Waller. You surprised that they're as low as they are? 
Well, what are the chances that Daniel Jones can put up the stats that he did last year, right? Where he had two games where he threw for over 220 yards and it just it wasn't that impressive and still make the playoffs. Doesn't it kind of feel like that was smoke and mirrors a season ago? Same thing even with Saquon Barkley returning to form. I've seen too much of him not looking like that to think that he's going to look like that again next year. So I don't know, man. I'm not a believer in that team. We talk about what division do you play in. Yo, they got to play the Cowboys a couple of times. They got to play the Eagles a couple of times. I don't know what they're calling that team out in Washington these days, but they have to play them a couple of times. They'll split those. To me, that's at least four or five losses right off the top. So I'm looking at their bet MGM total right now. The Giants at eight and a half. No way! Exclamation point. And I like the Giants. I've always that's kind of always been my NFC team. My cousin David out in New York. I saw him cry one time. They lost the playoff game in Minnesota. So I've always been like, you know what? I kind of like the Giants. They ain't winning eight and a half games. We don't like seeing Cousin David upset. Uh, the Giants, yeah, we don't like seeing that. The Giants at eight and a half wins. Look, I mean, it, Vegas is kind of telling you that this team obviously overachieved last year, and they expect them to kind of come down to earth. The fact they had the season that they did, and now for them to make the playoffs, they're plus 140 in an NFC really outside of Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco is wide open. I think that's kind of telling you a lot there. So not big on the Giants as well. I'm with you there. Detroit Lions coming in at 28. For them to make the playoffs, minus 160. For them to miss, plus 130. The wins for Detroit are nine and a half. Sean, the Detroit Lions have expectations, and they're one of those franchises. When that happens, I tend to turn and run the other way. Not big on the Lions this year. Not big. Did you... Did, did you misspeak? The Lions are minus 160 to make the playoffs? Is that right? That, that's what it says here. That's what it says. I'm, I'm looking at Bet MGM right now, and it tells me that they're the favorite to win the division. What world are we living in? Now, big, big I know the Packers too. have quarterback questions. I yeah. know the Bears definitely have quarterback questions. And I understand that the Minnesota Vikings were total frauds last year. I mean, did they have a great record? Yeah. They also got outscored by their opponents. So it's a winnable division. But guess who doesn't win divisions, like, in my lifetime? The Detroit Lions. And you're going to tell me they're the favorite to do so? You're going to tell me they're minus 160 to make the playoffs? You can take that bet, man. I don't think so. They're the Lions. Exactly. Exactly. Again, this reminds me so much of the Cleveland Browns. Do you remember when Cleveland came in, when they traded for Odell, all those expectations? A couple of years ago. Same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing, man. I cannot wait to fade the Lions this year. And I'm already eyeing your Chiefs minus six and a half in week one, Sean. That is something I am all over. We come back, we're going to continue to go through this list. The team at number 27, Sean's going to have to explain to me how they're not 32. We're going to discuss that next. Bet MGM tonight. 